I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. We don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Lockdown Mavs. This is Isaac, your co-host from Mavs.com, RiderMavs.com, host of this podcast. And today I'm joined by the one, the only, Austin Garuya, who, man, I feel like I've seen, you've been on pods for the actual organization, Mavs.com, with Bobby and them. You've been on the pods at The Athletic. You've been on pods for like Mavs Moneyball. Pretty much, you. if there's a Mavs podcast out there, you have been on it. So, and when I very first started covering the team, you were always walking the halls. You were always at the arena. So you've you've been around the Mavericks for like I don't how many years have you been around the Mavs? Like four or five. I think I started. Okay. I started in actually no my the first game I ever actually covered was the Rondo game, the playoff oh. game against Houston. <laughs> 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 it was a, it was a good time, but I've, I've been at Mavs Moneyball, and I used to write at Up Rocks and Die Magazine for a little bit. I haven't written anything in, a, in quite some time, but kind of just been around doing podcasts and hang out in the media circle for for a bit. I know we need to bring you on as a relief pitcher to write somewhere. I need to I read just, some more of yourself sometime. I need to I need to really just like unearth my writing skills again. They've been it's been a, it's been like a year since I think I've written anything. <laughs> <laughs> and okay more importantly tim cato ex-roommate here ex-roommate i need a i need a, a hot tim cato story off the bat oh i mean there there's so many <laughs> right right now tim's personal project is putting furniture in his apartment oh. and i tim just needs like a lot of like validation for every single apart like furniture piece that he's doing so like we we go and we figure out which furniture piece is going to take it's taken like seven months but it's really good his apartment's really nice now because we live separately and now he has a a great apartment but like every single piece of furniture is like a two-week conversation (laughs) yes i love it and it goes with his hair too his hair just keeps longer oh his hair is amazing Okay, as much as I want to talk about Tim Cato and uh, living stories and all of that, we got to talk about this Mavericks game. The Spurs, the freaking Spurs, they they did it again. Uh, but first, this podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably little prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So right off the bat, Austin, should they have doubled DeMar DeRozan? Oh, yeah, they should have doubled him. They should have doubled him like down the stretch when he kept hitting contested 10 footers, literally every single possession. And he just, he never felt uncomfortable the entire like fourth quarter, the entire game. And so he could just get to his spots and do what he wanted to do because Doran didn't even defend him that poorly. It's just, he yeah. kept hitting contested two pointers the entire game. And he, that's what he's good at. He's, he's a professional scorer. He's so good at it. And that's why you have to give him different looks. And I was, pretty surprised that they didn't give him a different look at any point throughout the game. It's pretty difficult to ask your players to all of a sudden double on the final possession when you haven't done it the entire game. And I thought that was honestly, that was what lost in the game is that they didn't give him any different looks down the stretch. 
Yeah, I thought Dorian defended it well. Like even some, you know, arguments out there and like, hey, somebody else should have been on him. I'm like, no, I'm I'm actually down with Dorian guarding him. If we, you know, could have brought another defender, I would have understood that. I mean, dare Derek White to shoot it. Dare someone else to shoot yeah. the ball at the end of the game. I thought Luca had some possessions that he guarded him really well. To, at the yeah, end he before. did. Yeah, yeah, he he guarded him pretty. Also, Luca's he's like sneaky good at defense because no one knows how strong he is. Everyone just like thinks they can go by him, and then once they go up for a shot, they run to his body and they run to a brick wall, and it kind of throws guys off. But it. It was very strange the way they like they decided to just let him just do what he wanted to do when he was getting to his exact spots of doing what he's done his entire career. He didn't do anything different or like out of character. He just was having a great game and they just really didn't adjust what he was doing. Yeah, DeRozan finished with 33 points, 13 of 25 from the field, 52%. And uh, of course, he didn't hit a three in this game. He just got buckets uh, all day at will. And okay, so where are you at with DeRozan? Are you... Are you in the camp that he's just he's too old school, he can't help a really good team, or is there a spot on a playoff team moving forward that he can play a vital role in? You know, for, for me, DeRozan, it's all about him like defensively. Like can he guard his position? Can he not hurt you on defense? Because what he does on offense is, is really valuable. It's like well, honestly, we saw that tonight, but it's really valuable, especially in a playoff series where you're you need someone to take a shot. You need, you need someone to generate points for you when you can't get shots out of your natural offense. Now, do I want him to be like my number one scorer on my playoff team? No, but like if he's like the number two or number three guy, like I think he has a great role because he's he knows what he wants to do. He can get to his spots very easily. He's a great passer. He made a couple of great passes tonight. Yeah, and and he's big. He's six six. So like as long as he can defend, and he's like committed on the defensive end. Like I think he's a great player just he's just not he's not the number one player and in toronto he had to be the number one guy he had to be the the go-to guy every single time but if he got to play he's never really played with a guy who's a better scorer than he is in his career and so he's been kind of miscast throughout his entire career as a number one guy when he should be really like a really really solid number two he'd be like he'd be great here in dallas Honestly, that was my next question. I'm like, Hey, we have some money. I don't know if anyone's ever talked about the Mavericks and having money in 2021, but DeRozan free agent should Dallas at least make a call. Like how does he fit? If since he doesn't shoot threes or he has it in the past, I shouldn't say doesn't, is it something that maybe he can, you know, if he played alongside Luca, but would he fit next to Luca? How would like, would that work? The thing is like, I don't even think about Luca. It's like, he fits next to KP. You play, Ooh, like, yeah. play great next KP. Honestly, offensively, it, he would it would be the easiest basketball he's ever played. And he's never played in a five out offense where there's not only he's playing on a five out offense, but he's also playing next to a guy who's a dominant NBA scorer, one a top five scorer in the league. So he can just get the ball and just do what he wants to do in the mid range and at the rim. Also, at the rim is really where he's like he's great, and he he's honestly a little like Luca, where he's like I I can dominate from ten feet and in. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't have the three point like three-point shot to really compliment that but it really honestly would be how much are you giving up defensively because that's really where they have to improve and really like take another step is on the defensive end so i don't i don't know if it's a great fit because i just think he's too much of a liability defensively at this point and his numbers are just really bad year over year no matter what team he's been on and that it just really wouldn't like raise their ceiling 
as far yeah. as going into playoffs. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that, just as far as the fit. And I hate it. It's like I'm with you, but I hate that I feel that way because yeah. I see him get buckets, and I appreciate it so much that he's not a part of the trend. And I, even though he torched you know, Dorian in, in Dallas tonight, but there's just something about I still enjoy seeing a guy get on the block and do like a nice post-up move. I'm like, ah, cool. I love seeing MB do that or Jokic or whoever. And to see DeRozan kind of just get his buckets, it is kind of like Luka Esch. Uh, with uh, you know, kind of the slow down, just let me get to the basket whenever I want. But yeah, that's that was the Spurs. Uh, we all knew that that was going to be the answer for the Spurs in the fourth, and I think Dallas knew it too. But there was literally nothing they did about it or could do about it. They could have brought the the you know Luca in that after the game. Rick Carlisle, you're listening to this uh, tomorrow. A lot of you guys after the game. Rick Carlisle originally said they discussed it in the timeout uh, before about bringing the double didn't happen then he came back addressed me he's like hey no we didn't decide to double so uh that wasn't a broken down assignment it wasn't there was no nobody to blame on the court you know i think what what do we have early in the season when maxi didn't That's, foul? That was, yeah, was, it's maxi's it's, it's happened with maxi i think twice now where he was supposed we can't to, blame maxi now guys we, he wasn't there so he we, it wasn't his fault but also very weird that rick said that and then like came back and like had to yeah. correct it when He's the person who was giving like the instruction. It's really, really strange. Yes, it, it is strange. Coincidentally, that Luca was the guy closest to DeRozan. Don't know, but uh, you know that would have probably been the guy who would have doubled in that scenario. But it didn't happen. DeRozan hit the shot. I had one. I I had a big issue with just defense. When you look at the averages for the Spurs and oh, on it on a game by game basis, they averaged forty five percent field goal percentage. They had fifty four tonight. They averaged thirty five percent from the three point line. They, they shot at thirty eight percent tonight. They averaged one hundred and ten points a game. They had one hundred and nineteen tonight. Once again, the Mavericks defense uh, is struggling. Do you have any? If Rick called you right now and said, "Hey, Austin, what would you do?" to fix our defense is there anything that you would tell him that they can do i honestly i think the defense has been pretty I mean, outside of this game but like in the last 15 to 20 games the defense has been pretty pretty good like i think that i think you're like what number six number seven in the league in like defensive efficiency in the last 20 games tonight like they got burnt because Dejounte murray hit all of his jumpers and so did lonnie walker and the Spurs had lost five games in a row, so they were kind of due to hit some shots. And so they, they hit a lot of shots that were uncharacteristic for them. But one thing I would like to see from Rick on the defensive end is that to give Josh Richardson more of the primary assignments, just to give him a shot at them. Mm. Not that I don't think Dorian is like good enough, but I also think Dorian is a great help side defender. And it's a lot easier for him to like be on the second guy and to be able to help and do all the other small things and to rebound because he's such a great rebounder. And that Josh is just a better on-ball defender than Dorian is. Um, and also, it hurts that when you don't have Maxi. Like, they missed Maxi a couple games in the last week. And he really just, like, he's, he's, a, he's like, the key to make their, making their defense elite. When he's not there, they're, they're still good, but they're just not – they can't be elite. They can't turn it up to, like, the highest level when, when they don't have Maxi. Because if Maxi's not in, like – Brunson is in and Brunson is fine, but he's not, a, he's not someone who can affect the game on the defensive end. And so I, 
I would hope that like Josh Richardson could take more of the on-ball assignments because he's he has great instincts and he's also yeah. just he's much more of like a chaos engine on defense than Dorian is. And I think he just needs to get more responsibility on the defensive end. I like it. I he Jay Rich had a had a block tonight. I want to say it was on Murray, maybe Derek White. Uh, to where he just came up front. He has this acceleration to where he, not that it's, I, I feel like any chase down block, we always want to say LeBron now, but it's where he comes up behind a guy going for a layup and he swatted out of bounds tonight. And it was just amazing block by him. But uh, I'm all down for that. Let's give Jay Rich some more primary uh, defending responsibilities moving forward. All right, I have to uh, take a break real quick. Let's talk about Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is to help making your Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. It makes connecting with, with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests. I didn't even know there were 130 skills tests out there, but you know what? They they have them for you. You can add your own. Then you can add a must-have requirements or only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked indeed.com slash lock offer valid through june 30th terms and conditions apply short list of quality candidates you need a hiring partner who helps make your life better <sighs> built bar we're super big fans of built bar built bar has been a longtime sponsor of our podcast they send uh, free built bars to our house all the time I- i'm actually a huge fan of these some advertisement companies um i don't have experience with built bar i do Favorite flavors, man, mint brownie. We can go all day about mint brownie, but covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. I did keto a lot last year for a good six months, and Built Bar was a key part of that. Right now, free cooler with purchase while supplies last. It's only lasts for like a week, so make sure you get in your order. BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Guys, listen to Lockdown today. Peter Bukowski, 20 minutes, all the latest sports news and updates. Yeah, follow Lockdown Today podcast at Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Now I can breathe. Austin, let's talk about Christoph Porzingis. Oh, he balled out tonight. That was a I, that was one of my favorite Chris Stapps games. I honestly think I literally have that in my notes. It's one of my favorite Porzingis games. It felt like he had it from the beginning. He wanted it. He had the fire in his eyes. What was your like main takeaway from Porzingis in this game? He's been reading Twitter and <laughs> <laughs> he's, been, he's been taking notes because every, everything he was doing tonight I was like, oh, that's he used to like four or five like new things that I haven't seen him do. Like he had that, that move where he like pump baked and like drove to the lane instead of pulling up, he just like faked the pass and took a left-handed layup. And I was like, Oh, that's new. Yeah. And then he was just, it's, he was able to access all parts of his game. So he was able to offensive rebound. He had a couple post-ups. He was able to, um, he set a lot of on-ball screens and was able to get a lot of easy looks off the pick and roll in the way that the Spurs were defending him. And him and Luca collected a lot and connected a lot uh, on the pick and roll. And he's able to get, he got a couple easy, just like dunks on the pick and roll, which I, I feel like he doesn't really get that often. 
And then honestly, he didn't even shoot the ball from deep that well. He only went like, like two of six. And so, but he was still so impactful because he was, he had so much energy and you know what the thing that I love about Chris Stapps when he plays well is that he plays like he's seven, three and you're reminded that he's a huge person. And when he goes to the rim and he tries to offensive rebound and he's moving around, it's a problem for other teams because no one else has the length or the size to like deal with him on the offensive glass, deal with him more on the rim. He even had a little like drop step post move, like he left did. Did hook shot off the, off the back bar. I was like, I've never seen him do that before, but he can do all those things. And like, that is the, that is the player that I thought they were getting when they traded for him. And like, if he can start to replicate that, because the things honestly that he did tonight were not unsustainable. He, it's not like he just wasn't like the Pelicans game where he went like seven to seven from three. Like, the things he did tonight were all things that were like very sustainable things that he can do on a day-to-day basis. And it just felt like Rick was trying to make sure that he was involved in the offense and make sure that he's involved in every single possession and that he's moving, he's screening, he's cutting. Honestly, he should have scored way more because (laughs) very few people on the Mavericks can throw a post post entry pass. And so he didn't really get that many post touches, but like, he, he was just great. His energy was great. And that's really honestly what they, what they need for him if they want to be a, a top contender. I'm glad you mentioned how he scored in these kind of different levels. It wasn't just like a seven, three game, you know, against the Pelicans or something, because you watch those games and you come away with it. Like, okay, he's a sniper. He can shoot the ball. We know it. He's a, you know, a seven foot stretch shooter and we love it. But when you watch games like this, this is when you say, oh, that's the potential when he's doing the drop step in the paint, when he's you know, still catching it, coming off a, a curl and you know, mid-range jumper. He, you know, he only hit three threes in this game. He had 31 points. He actually shot four free throws. Now, big time for KP. Needs way more free throws uh, per game. I would love for that number to go up. But yeah, I, just, I loved everything about KP tonight. And you mentioned his offense rebound. He had three of those tonight. But even beyond that, there, I mean, he was fighting for some of those boards that he didn't, you know, he obviously didn't get credit for if he doesn't grab yeah. that. But I, that, I mean, I was like making notes of that. And I know like some people might be listening and say, man, well, you're making a big deal about a drop set post-up move. I mean, I made a highlight of it and tweeted it out. I know some people are probably like, why are you tweeting out this like simple drop step post? But we just don't, we haven't seen a lot of that. And it just shows you that he has that. It's just, I, I think so much of his post-ups, the key to it is where he gets the position of the post up. And it's like, if it's closer to the basket, let's get the ball to him. But sometimes he tries to post up, you know, eight, nine feet away from the basket. And that's where he kind of gets in trouble with it. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he doesn't have that lower body strength. Like honestly, it's ironic because I think Luke is actually a better post up player than he is as far as yeah. like grabbing it from like the mid post and just backing someone down. But like he has different moves. He's, quick and he needs to use his athleticism to get to the rim. And that's what he's really been doing, especially in this game is that like, he didn't just settle for like his mid range post up or just like settle for like a pull up. Like he was determined to get all the way to the rim for the most, for most of the night. And that's really where he has to do to like, to to improve. It's just, if he's at the rim, he's hanging around around the rim. He's shooting a lot of shots at the rim. He's going to have a great game because he's seven, three and you're either going to foul him or he's going to grab an offensive rebound. He's going to get a put back. Like, he had that putback in crunch time tonight. If they had one, it would have been one of the, like the marquee like moments of the game where like there was a putback where Jalen shot it and like he missed it. And it was, it was not a rebound that I thought he should have gotten. And he snatched it and got a putback. And I was like, yeah, it's great. It's great to have a 
center who is seven, three and can offensive rebound and destroy you on the boards, but also stretch you out and space the floor. And I think he's starting to find that nice, happy medium between doing both. Yeah. And we saw a glimpse of what I think we'll see in the playoffs this coming. Uh, yeah, this, I was going to say this coming fall, but that's not right. Or the summer, uh, this coming spring, I guess, but there is play there in the end of the fourth where KP had the ball. He had the entry pass to Luca posting up and yeah. Luca just went right over the top and did a little one handed push shot. And it's like, Okay, like it, for some people, it just probably just blows their mind of like, all right, the seven three guys entry pass down to Luca, but I think that's what we're gonna see a lot more of, especially in crunch time, because KP can stretch the floor, let Luca go to work on the post because Luca's post numbers are are amazing too. So, I yeah, that's that's the key to the offense. Can I ask you about Jay Rich? I'm really curious on how you feel like or your thoughts on Richardson's season and just his fit. And do you find yourself wanting more or is this just what they're asking of him? I feel like I'm personally biased for Jay Rich because I love him as a person so much. I'm like, I, I want him to be around. He just he keeps the vibes immaculate. Um, and <laughs> he, he, he makes it a good time. And honestly, his defense is so good. And it's the first time I've ever watched a Mavs team in like, I don't know, since the 2011 team where I'm like, they have two guys who can go and defend at a high level. And it's such a nice like luxury, but like I can, he definitely hasn't fit in on offense. I think he's still really trying to find his place and like where to take his shots today. Honestly, I thought he had a pretty nice floor game and he got shots on the inside, like versus career, like his, his two point percentage is pretty high and pretty like comparable to like his previous years. It's just, he just hasn't been able to like knock down threes consistently it's also been strange though, like, like since the all-star break, he's he shot like 38% from three. And so he's been good from three, but I think it's because he has games where he goes five of five and then he has games where he goes, Oh, four. And I think there's a level of unpredictability with him, with his jumper. And because also Jalen has played so well and is behind him. And that's kind of the, that's the fallback option. If he's not shooting well, that, people just don't trust him or on a day-to-day basis and they don't trust the shots going in. He's also oddly, he has more shots that rim out than I've ever seen from any like, player. Like he has more shots that like swirl around the room than I've ever seen from like any basketball player. And honestly, I really don't know if he's going to opt in or not. Like it's really like, a, it's a 50, 50 for him if he's going to opt in or not, because I, I think he could like really benefit from having another year, but he gets to play a full regular season of basketball also a season where he doesn't get COVID. No COVID. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like getting, I personally had COVID and any person who gets COVID and has to go play NBA basketball like two weeks later, like that's impossible. I don't even know how that's possible. Like it's, it's really difficult, but I like what he's brought to the team on the defensive end. He's given them an edge and they have a gear that they can reach defensively that they haven't had in such a long time, but the offensive fit is not as seamless. Um, as I thought it would be. Yeah. I know. I, I didn't know what it would look like offensively. Cause some people would think that, okay, he's just going to be a three D guy. And then you talk to another person like, Oh no, he can be a secondary like creator type, but defensively that's where I'm like, all right, he's going to be. And even the team that hyped it, I was like, we finally have a point guard defender on the team and Josh and, and all of that. And I'm like, I'm picturing him guarding Dame at the end of the games or Steph or whoever it is. And so, yeah, I, it was just such a weird first half of the season for him. I'm so intrigued with what happens this summer 
Because you asked me three months ago, four months ago about Richardson. I'm like, oh, he's opting out for sure and getting yeah. paid this summer. And now this year has been kind of a weird year. And I'm, I'm like, you, yeah, I don't know what honestly he's going to do. So, okay, after this, uh, this break, I want to ask you about Dorian because we're both huge fans of Dorian. And, yeah, I just want to gush about Dorian for a second. But this po- podcast is also brought to you by Bet Online AG. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA is in full swing. You guys know that. If you follow baseball, I personally don't follow baseball. But if you do, you can go to Bet Online AG or, uh, yeah, if you're a fan of reality, Austin, do you watch any reality TV? Oh, I got into Sunset. Uh, oh, selling Sunset. Okay, it's beautiful. Great. Okay, <laughs> okay. This is this is what we got to get into. Maybe they're on Bet Online AG. I don't know if you can put odds on anything on this show, but you know what? Bet Online says you can. They have odds for awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It has you covered for all the news and sports and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, the draft is coming up. Also, the promo code for Bet Online, this would help, is locked on. Locked on. Promo code Bet Online AG. NBA drafts coming up. Go to Locked On NBA Draft if you want all of the, gosh, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage on everything from Jalen Suggs, Kate Cunningham, all of those guys. I'm, I personally, I'm kind of like out on the draft because Mavericks don't have a pick, but I also love seeing new prospects come into the league because you know what? Maybe they're going to be a Maverick at some point down the line. So yeah, go to that. Follow Locked On NBA Draft. It is on Odyssey and wherever you get your podcast. Austin, Dorian Finney-Smith, where does he does he have a place in your heart? And will he always have a place in your heart? I'm always I'm a huge Dorian Hive. Just you just tweeted out the other day, you're like ride or die with Dorian, and I'm like I'm all here for this. I'm I'm, I'm riding or dying with Dorian. Like if he misses some shots, like it's fine. I guess also like the first season I was covering the team, he was a rookie, and like yep. I can't believe that he is now like a linchpin of like a very good playoff team. And I think sometimes like it's frustrating for fans when like they watch somebody miss open shots. Cause he does get a lot of open shots. And so like, and you think that person's entire worth is down to whether or not they make open threes, but he makes them at a pretty good rate. Like it's, it's not elite, but like it's, he's not someone who like you can just leave for an entire game. The jazz learned that. But it's everything else that he does in, in a game. Like he's going to rebound. He's going to. He grabbed a. They tied the game because he grabbed an offensive rebound today. That was yeah. an argument that he should not have grabbed. And he had a poster dunk today. He plays in oh, transition. It was that was a nasty dunk. And like he just plays with like a big huge energy that they need. Also, he's available every game he does not the one time he misses games he had a child that was literally the one time he misses games like he's always there and when he's not there you you start to notice like oh they don't have anybody else that can really do what he does he's one of he's maybe the most outside of luca like indispensable math because no one else can do all the things that he can do on the floor and rebound and defend and create someone offense and also, he just his energy is very infectious. Anytime he has a good yeah. game or he has a great play, the whole team is just so happy. It gives everyone so much energy. He just he just lifts up the whole team, and I just it's it's a it's a guy that I really want to die with. 
And it like his energy on the court. It's I don't know if it says much, I don't know if this says more about the rest of the, the Mavericks or more about Dorian. But his energy on the court sticks out so much because yeah. he hustles so much and he crashes the board so much. He had that offensive board the other day that was one of my favorite offensive rebounds he has. And where he went up and he smacked it with his right hand and grabbed it with his left hand and pulled it down. I'm like, what is going on? And I, I've loved over the past few days that it feels like he's getting a lot of love from media. J.J. Reddick really gushed about him on his podcast. Yeah. And then when J.J. talked to the media, I guess it was on Saturday, I asked J.J. Reddick, I was like, hey, now that you've been around the Mavericks for a while, I was like, is there a, is there a Maverick that's like stood out to you or surprised you over, you know, over these past like few weeks that, you know, you didn't know is either as good as you thought or, you know, the work ethic, whatever. And he, you know, Reddick was like, Hey, I'm a student in the game. I, I know all these players, nothing really surprised me, but, and he went on about Dorian Finney Smith. He's like Dodo off the court, a teammate, just what he does on the court. He's a good bat. And I just love that. I love that from a new vet coming in that he noticed that, you know, the team already notices that. And any praise that we can send Dorian's way. I I'm with you on, you know, we were, we were both there his rookie season and just him coming on board as like the undrafted guy out of Florida. And I think, I think that was Dirk that got hurt that season. And he ended up starting like Dorian started like a ton of games, his rookie yeah. season. And then bam, here he is making he's, $4 million a year. That now he's like, he's, he's honestly, he's had such a funky NBA career. He's played with so many random players and like, Played on like tanking teams. Played with, he played with Dirk for two years. Played with Parsons. He played with Dennis. Played with Parsons. Oh he, my he god! Parsons. Yeah, he backed up Parsons. He he fought Justin Anderson for minutes. Like that was like a huge thing that was going on. It was him and like Harrison Barnes, and that was also a big thing. And like, and he's still here. And I think he's really gotten a lot of confidence since that Utah game. And he's just yeah. he's really like just sure of himself, and he knows what he's doing. He knows who he is. And he's hit a lot of big shots. He's hit yeah. a lot of shots. Like I can think of like four or five times where like he hit a big, huge clutch three, even if they didn't win the game. But like he's just just a really dependable NBA player and someone who's going to get a lot more love like as the playoffs come here. Yeah, quietly I think at like thirty six, thirty seven percent from three this season, and <laughs> love that guy. Okay, last thing before we get off, JJ Reddick's debut slash return to playing basketball could be coming tonight against Philly. What are you expecting his role to be on this team? It's honest. I've been trying to like, think like what kind of minutes is he going to play? Like where is he going to play in the rotation? Rick is super, super like technical and very precise about his rotation. He does not really deviate much from it. I was going to think, I was going to say he's going to take a lot of Trey Burke's minutes, but Trey Burke is, not been in the outside this last game, this game tonight, but like he hasn't really been in the rotation the last few games. Um, but I think he's going to try to, he's going to get those like late first quarter, early second quarter minutes and play with Luca and trying to hit some threes. And then he's, I think he's going to play some crunch time. If there's a time where like Tim, if Tim Moore Jr. is not hitting shots, I think JJ Redick is going to take those minutes. I think it's going to be a, a point of like trying to figure out, give him like 15, 20 minutes a game. So he's going to play that like those, those late first quarter, early second quarter, like late third quarter, early fourth quarter minutes. And then if you haven't, if you just have a need in, in crunch time for three point shooting, he's going to be on the floor. Honestly, I, I'm interested to see how well he can defend. I think that's yeah. really how much he's going to be able to play. 
Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm waiting to see. Yeah, because you know, a lot of people have been about Melly, and uh I've liked what I've seen from Melly. I don't think Melly's gonna be uh he's an ideal starter. Uh yeah. he man, Lonnie Walker tonight. I'm, I'm sorry, Melly. <laughs> that was nasty. But then Melly hit two threes afterwards, and I was like, oh, let's let's go, Melly. But uh, but no, I'm really curious on how they integrate uh, JJ onto the floor and the rotations, and yeah, just who they have around him defensively. Can he make up for you know all of that? So we'll see. We'll see if JJ plays tonight. Austin, is there anything I can plug for you besides Twitter? I mean, literally, Austin's one of the best Twitter follows. So it's at Garuya, G-A-R-O-O-Y-A, right? Perfect. You got it. Let's, let's go. Follow him on Twitter. Is is there anything else I can plug? Are you writing have, a book right now? Nothing to plug right now. Hopefully at some point soon, I'll have something to plug and I'll hop back on. <laughs> oh, please do. Come back on anytime. Guys, follow Austin on Twitter. And we'll be back tomorrow. Peace out. Boom. Appreciate it.